Time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, homie, my main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey, this is escape. Then where the pot? Hey, welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. We got some big news to talk about today because uh, Disney just had their full slate of films that they announced at their. Uh, their investors convention i guess it was a yeah, investors day 2020 or something like that so uh yeah big stuff coming from them from the likes of uh, marvel star wars and uh disney animation and and so many other departments of that company so uh, of course being a star wars podcast we're going to cover all the star wars elements and uh, play you clips from that uh investors conference as well as a few trailers lots to look forward to so let's get right into it All right, so uh, yeah, big stuff. I mean, I'm sure the news has reached you guys at some point uh, via social media of some kind because, um, you know, let's face it, that's uh, honestly the fastest way to get news these days. Which, uh, speaking of which, uh, if you guys have not been following our Twitter feed, that literally is the, the fastest way to get any, any Star Wars info or, uh, you know, other than following the official outlets, of course, but uh, that's that's the fastest way to just keep up with uh, with what's going on because uh, we're not just tweeting anything, we're tweeting Star Wars news. So, you know, if you do have a Twitter account or if you're interested in, in making one just to follow us, that would be, that would be fantastic. Uh, but uh, yeah, enough aside with the social media thing, let's get right into this news stuff. So uh, a lot of new announcements. I mean, we got everything from feature films all the way down to uh, multiple live action Disney Plus TV series. And now, uh, oh, and animated series, of course, uh, of various different kinds. And uh, some other Lucasfilm announcements that uh, we're going to cover in this as well. But uh, if you have not kind of been on top of the news lately and this is where you're getting it uh, then i'm super honored to be able to be the one to kind of share this dialogue with you from the investors conference and uh, as well as uh, just talk about it so um yeah all credit to uh to the disney online streaming that they did uh which is where i pulled all this audio from and uh you know let's uh, let's let's tune in here let's see what's going on engaging our existing subscribers and helping us to attract new ones. All right, so. And now, we're going to switch gears. It's time to hear from our brilliant content creators for Disney Plus. Here we go, here we go. Starting with Lucasfilm. Yes. Please welcome Kathleen Kennedy. All right. Thank you, Rebecca. It's remarkable to be back here with you again for another Investor Day and reflect on all that's happened since we last gathered in April of 2019. Our world and our entire industry has been thrown numerous challenges that none of us could have foreseen. As we grapple with one of the most difficult periods in modern history, it's clear that we need great storytelling and the joy of entertainment more than ever before. Last year, we were looking ahead to the launch of Disney Plus with our very first live action series, The Mandalorian. Star Wars was moving into new territory in the streaming space on a brand new platform, creating an original series through groundbreaking technology and an entirely new approach to production and filmmaking. It was a big bet and a leap of faith. The Mandalorian debuted on Disney Plus in November of 2019, and the response has been overwhelming. We could not be more humbled by the reception to the show, the honor of seven Emmy Awards, and the enormous support our fans have shown us. With The Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus, we have ushered in an entirely new era for Star Wars, and there's more to come. We premiered season two on October 30th, and Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni 
continuing the journey of the Mandalorian and the child. It's not over yet. Audiences around the world have joined the adventure on Disney Plus, traveling to new planets with incredible action, larger than life creatures, delivering a complete cinematic experience. Let's take a look at season two. All right, so this video here that they're showing is none other than kind of a sizzle reel of all the existing Mandalorian episodes that we've had so far in season two. Uh, so you can also find this video on uh, on the YouTube channels. Um, it's out there. It's just it's just called the Mandalorian season two sizzle reel. So I guess it's just a, to caught up catch up all the investors. You know, it, it made me think because these these online things that they have for the investors conference like it's it's such big news to us fans and everything that they have all this all these new slated projects but the entire and and disney knows this which is why they they obviously make it a public thing to watch but uh at the same time uh they they do uh, it is geared for the investors and and the investors are are people with money and and uh you know, they they sit in suits and uh, might not necessarily be fans uh, of of, of the, any anything going on here. It's you know, I'd highly doubt that that uh, the investors on the higher end of the scale he have even uh, seen things like the Clone Wars or any of that. Uh, but uh, or even the Mandalorian for for uh, for one. But um, uh, I mean, you know, that's just my that's just my raw guess. But uh, that, yeah, they, they, they've spent a lot of time just trying to put this whole presentation together to kind of impress their investors, I guess, and just show them, catch them up on things, you know, show them, hey, look at this new season. This is uh, almost finished on Disney Plus and a lot of lot of cool shots here and there. And this is what people have been raving about. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't believe there's any footage from the last two episodes of the season, which we haven't seen yet. Uh, so you're not missing much if you don't watch this. Dragging you, Mandalorian. I'm here for the armor. If you want my armor, you'll have to peel it off my dead body. I don't want your armor. I want my armor. <laughs> I want my armor. Uh, Tamura Morrison has the best voice. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if you're not missing much, if you don't, if you don't check that out, but it is cool. Man, they got some good trailer music in there. Today, I'm excited to share with you that John and Dave are concurrently developing two new spin-off series exclusively for Disney Plus. One, The Rangers of the New Republic, and the other featuring fan favorite, Ahsoka Tano. Set within the timeline of The Mandalorian, these interconnected shows, along with future stories, will excite new audiences, embrace our most passionate fans, and will culminate in a climactic story event. All right, let's let's just let's just pause it right there for a sec cuz that's a ton to unpack. So, Rangers of the New Republic is set within the timeline of The Mandalorian, all right? And The Mandalorian takes place 5 years after Return of the Jedi. So, this show will take place in the same time frame at that 5-year mark. And uh, it's going to be live action series also done by uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni. And uh, they also said that there's a, a live action Ahsoka story happening uh, at the same in the same time frame as well, which uh, will star Rosario Dawson returning as uh, Ahsoka Tano in the character. So um, it's it's cool to see the the character return I, I think as soon as they they casted anybody in that role I, I you know there was a lot of whispers about that she would in fact get her own show eventually um 
I'm still a little torn that honestly that that Ashley never got to play her own character in live action. But, you know, I I don't want to be a downer about it. Like, I don't want to be bitter about this. Like, I'm, I'm excited to see this character in live action as much as anyone else is. Um, she's, you know, one of my favorite characters in the whole in the whole saga. Um, and, you know, that's that's I'm boldly able to say that uh, she's she's got this. I've got a shirt with her. Uh, a special print. I had to buy it off her universe because they don't sell that many Ahsoka Tano shirts in uh, in in the the men's section. Uh, so I had to get a a woman's uh, extra large, I think, or something like that, which uh, is is also uh, supposed to be one size fits all. But uh, yeah, very cool. Anyways, so lots of lots of stuff to look forward to, and all these shows, Mandalorian. Ahsoka and Rangers of the New Republic. I'm assuming Mandalorian season three is going to be where these other two shows cross over and uh, all t- within the same time frame. Kathleen Kennedy herself says it's going to come to a climactic conclusion event or something like that, which means that we'll probably get a very similar sort of stylized MCU kind of build up where these three shows all exist in the same time frame and they're all building to one massive kind of conclusion which I feel that they'll make a separate show for kind of like a Marvel's uh, Marvel's uh, Netflix shows right you had Daredevil Jessica Jones Luke Cage Iron Fist and then uh and then you had uh Punisher and you know and, and then you had the Defenders which was like this culmination of like everything uh, that that sort of built up to that one moment. It was kind of like a mini sort of, uh, you know, Avengers kind of style movie that all these other ones had built up to. So it seems as if they're trying that out in the Star Wars story and taking these three shows in that time frame and then going, okay, where's the center point? Like, where are these going to meet and and have like a conclusion to this, this overarching story? Is it going to have something to do with Thrawn? Uh, maybe. Uh, it's very possible that that maybe instead of a sequel to uh, Star Wars Rebels in any way, maybe that story is being taken into live action. You know, the whole storyline with Thrawn and Ezra and uh, and all that stuff that that so far we've now been building up to in The Mandalorian. I mean, we get hints of Snoke's origins, all this stuff. Is it going to happen in this climactic sort of crossover event? Uh, no idea, but it's uh, it, it, that's that's what I'm speculating about, and uh, quite frankly, like it's uh, it's it's really exciting news because it means that that there is a lot of uh, a lot of back and forth, kind of like watching various different kind of shows. And as Star Wars fans, you know, we like we like that kind of thing. Like we like the 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 way that things kind of flow into each other and cross over with each other and stuff like that. It's uh, it's 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 the way that story works. You know, different layers. Uh, Star Wars has always has had very many layers. And the more pieces of content that you read, watch, consume, whatever it be, you kind of get this greater understanding of the story in general and kind of what's happening on different levels. So um, so, yeah, really cool stuff there, especially with uh, the Disney Plus series. And that's only two of them. Um, Let's let's get into the next section of the uh, of the of the live stream here and uh, take a listen to the next thing. The next chapter will debut on Disney Plus Christmas of 2021. I'm fortunate to be surrounded by incredible talent, both in front of and behind the camera, with a company full of people who care passionately about high quality storytelling. A few times in my career, I've had a chance to be part of game-changing technology, moments when a new way of filmmaking changed the way stories could be told forever. Working with John Favreau to create the world of The Mandalorian with our own StageCraft technology has been one of those moments. StageCraft is a new virtual production tool that utilizes the latest innovations in real-time graphics and massive LED screens that allows us to bring entire locations into a soundstage and photograph them live. Telling stories in ways we could only dream of a few years ago. This new collaboration process brings the artists and the crews into a creative partnership with efficiencies that now marry pre-production, production, production, and post, all in sync to preserve the cinematic culture around a singular artistic vision. If you guys haven't watched Mandalorian Gallery, you should do that. It's a good show. By eliminating unnecessary travel, 
a more controlled environment and efficiencies with set design and special effects that allow for an in-camera visual experience. Actors are immersed in those environments rather than having to imagine what they're seeing or reacting to. And ironically, the efficiency of stagecraft has allowed us to continue to work during this pandemic. On The Mandalorian Season 2, we expanded stagecraft's capabilities further and built an even larger volume. Additionally, we are building three more volumes right now in Los Angeles, London, and Australia, advancing the Disney-owned technology and building the studio of the future. This is all very cool stuff, we but you can tell us for the investors. We have an expansive timeline in the Star Wars mythology, spanning over 25,000 years of history in the galaxy, with each era being a rich resource for storytelling. Now with Disney Plus, we can explore limitless story possibilities like never before and fulfill the promise that there is truly a Star Wars story for everyone. One of the most exciting and ambitious new series we have coming to Disney Plus in 2022 is Andor, a tense, nail-biting spy thriller in the Star Wars universe created by Tony Gilroy. Tony's incredible success with the Bourne Identity films distinguishes him as one of today's best creators of the modern spy genre. We couldn't be more thrilled to have him at the helm of this new series for Star Wars. Diego Luna will be back in the role of rebel spy Cassian Andor from Rogue One, and he will be joined by a fantastic new cast that includes Stellan Skarsgård, Adria Arjona, Fiona Shaw, Denise Goff, Kyle Soller, and Genevieve O'Reilly, as Mon Mothma. We just began production in London two weeks ago. Here's a special look at Andor. All right, I'm just gonna pause it there again. So uh, the Andor series that uh, Kathleen Kennedy is talking about here is uh, a series that they had announced already. Although back when they did announce it at the last big sort of Disney announcements, um, they uh, did not have an official title for the show. So I, I believe it was just known as uh, the Star Wars Untitled Cassian Andor series or something very vague like that. Uh, but it is officially now known as just Andor. So uh, uh, Star Wars Andor, basically. Uh, and it'll be a very tense, nail-biting spy thriller. Uh, and like she said, Tony Gilroy, who did the the Bourne series, will be doing this. It, it's it's honestly the perfect mashup. I mean, you know, you get Star Wars spies and Tony Gilroy together, uh, you're going to get something very special. So, you know, I can I can assume that, and we we uh, most of us at least I was I was going to say all of us, but I would say most of us love Rogue One. I I absolutely loved that movie and thought it was one of the better things that uh, Disney has given us over the years uh, from in the Star Wars universe. And uh, you know what? It's it's amazing to go back and revisit these these cool characters that we just didn't have enough time with in the film. And that was one of the main complaints I heard from people was that they said, like, I really love these characters, but I just knew they were all going to die. And, uh, you know, going into the film, it's like you, you just know where, where it's going to end up. And so, you know, it is nice to be able to revisit that story and and make a story that kind of leads into that story and and so you can consider it a a prequel prequel to to a new hope <laughs> in a way uh but you know hopefully it's a little more interesting that um you know i'm assuming that we'll see uh, a little bit of uh, k2so as well and uh, you know alan tudyk in that character is just pure gold so yeah you can look forward to lots of stuff with andor uh, because that's also coming to Disney Plus in the future as well. So let's get back to the clip. This is the uh, behind the scenes trailer that they showed. And you can find this on the Star Wars YouTube channel. Everything I did, I did for the rebellion. It's called Sizzle Reel and or Disney Plus. Rogue One in many ways. It's a film that connected new audiences with the, the oldest fans. A bittersweet feeling, you know, in the premiere, knowing that it was just one film. But then magic happens, right? As you can see, we're getting ready. We're building stages, we're rehearsing, we're training, we're trying costumes, we're doing everything to make sure we do the best show. 
I'm really excited having the chance to explore Cassian. It's really fun to go on a set that is emulating something you like so much. The enormity of this is like doing a big feature film. It's very cinematic. For me, that's where the excitement is. 12 episodes, 12 scripts, over 200 named cast members, over 6,000 crowd people. A lot of creatures are coming from the creature department. We treat this exactly like we would have would have filmed. There is no difference in our approach. Every creature and droid that we've been building has the same care, level of attention to detail. It's the previous films. It's huge, it's thrilling, but also it's wonderfully challenging. There's tons of possibilities to explore. It is the building of a revolution. exciting they got some great concept art that shows at the end of that clip one of them of a big republic venator class last august at the Starship. d23 expo in anaheim we announced the return of ewan mcgregor in the iconic role of jedi master obi-wan kenobi oh yes for a special event series on disney plus obi-wan kenobi begins 10 years after the dramatic events of revenge of the sith where he faced his greatest defeat the downfall and corruption of his best friend and Jedi apprentice, Anakin Skywalker, Ten years. turned that, evil Sith Lord. That's halfway between three and four. Our fans will be thrilled that Hayden Christensen will be returning in the role of Darth Vader. Yes! This will Woo! be the rematch of the century. That's what I'm talking about. The series is directed by Deborah Chow, coming off the great work she did with us as a director on season one of The Mandalorian. Production will begin in March of next year. Here's an early look at Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay, so this is where they cut off the clip for the public and they show the investors something that uh, the rest of us is not able to see. Hence being an investor, you know, paying all this uh, all this money for, for stocks in, in Disney and stuff like that, I guess uh, some, guess you get, I guess it gives you some level of access that the rest of us don't get. But um, anyway, very, very, very cool uh, that uh, they, Obviously, they were going to bring this up, uh, the show, but uh, very, very cool that Hayden Christensen is is coming back to reprise his role as Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. I mean, that that to me is exactly what I've been waiting for since Disney even bought this franchise. All right. Like the moment that they announced sequel movies. Like, I was like, okay, we got the perfect opportunity here. We got the cast of the prequels in their prime still. We got the cast of the original trilogy at the perfect age to, to have them all kind of blended together. You know, I'm thinking like Forced Ghosts, you know, like the last time I saw Hayden Christensen in, in the chronological order was uh, standing in front of Luke on Endor, right? Like as, as the Forced Ghost. Like how cool would it be for them to actually like start talking and, and, and all that, right? But uh, this show obviously taking place a lot earlier on uh, between episodes three and four is going to feature a very, uh, a very saddened kind of uh, more kind of gritty Obi-Wan, I guess, you know, living on Tatooine, protecting Luke. It makes me wonder how they're going to bring Vader into this whole thing, because, uh, of course, like as far as I'm aware, I guess that I don't think they're supposed to see each other up until that fight on the Death Star, but maybe we're wrong about that. Maybe they're about to kind of blow our minds by adding in one more interaction between Obi-Wan and Vader before then. I have no idea. Uh, but if that's not the case, then Kenobi is a perfect outlet to kind of weave this story of Vader into it as well. During our first year on Disney+, Plus, our animated series Star Wars The Clone Wars saw tremendous success with its epic seventh and final season. Best animated Star Wars show. the legacy of the Clone Wars, our new animated series, The Bad Batch, follows the specialist commandos of Clone Force 99 as they embark on new missions in a rapidly changing galaxy. This is The Bad Batch. All right, they already announced Bad Batch, but now they show us an actual trailer. They call themselves The Bad Batch. You can find this trailer on the Star Wars YouTube channel.
and I believe it's called Sizzle the Bad Batch Disney Plus. They have some amazing shots. They'll be reorganized into the first galactic empire. That audio is directly out of Revenge of the Sith. Quite an impressive display. That's Tarkin right there. Amazing. Okay. So we're going to get the Bad Batch, which is a true successor to Star Wars The Clone Wars. And, and in visual aesthetic and everything, it's all the same. Like, it doesn't look like Star Wars Rebels did. doesn't look like Resistance. It is Clone Wars 2.0. This story takes place... After episode three, the Clone Wars ended when episode three ended. And uh, ironically enough, that show ended off with a story arc that uh, interwove with Revenge of the Sith. This next show, which is directly a sequel to Star Wars, the Clone Wars, right? Directly, you know, the visual style and everything all there. You know, the same people behind the show all there. I mean, the story is, is directly piggybacking off of Star Wars The Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith. Because not only does Star Wars Revenge, uh, Revenge of the Sith interweave with Star Wars The Clone Wars really, really well, when that show ended, when Star Wars The Clone Wars ended, The Bad Batch starts. So with the first arc of The Bad Batch, this is my guess, is that we're going to pick up before or during the events of Revenge of the Sith and carry on from there beyond the Jedi Purge. Because that audio you heard is directly from Revenge of the Sith. So we're going from, you know, if you, if you were to in, watch all of these together, you could watch Star Wars The Clone Wars and then interweave the last arc of Star Wars The Clone Wars with Revenge of the Sith and the first arc of The Bad Batch all together. You could have like a six-hour marathon watching all these things at once. And then and then you would carry on with The Bad Batch once that's over, right? And, uh, and then, of course, once... I have no idea how many seasons they're planning to do with the Bad Batch, but uh, quite frankly, it'll be a 10-year timeline gap between this show and uh, Kenobi, which is like the Obi or the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, which I believe is uh, is called Obi-Wan Kenobi at this point, officially. So uh, very cool news. Like, I am so excited for this show. Like, I, I got to say, I'm almost more excited for this show than the Ahsoka show. Because I'm such a big Clone Wars guy. Like, I love the Clone Wars. Like, it is one of my favorite things that Star Wars, I think, has ever given the world. All right. And uh, and Clone Wars was was one of my favorite things that George ever ever gave to the fans. I mean, it's just such a such a great idea just telling this gigantic story between the movies. And now we're going to get a sequel to that show. And uh, it's not that I'm like the super nutty about about the Bad Batch. I mean, I liked those characters quite a bit, um, but I, I think they are a, a pretty good fit as far as, uh, you know, what we did see and what we ended off with in the Clone Wars. And, um, you know, not to say that it gives reason for introducing those characters, but uh, they're, they're just people. People really liked those characters. Right. It's an interesting group dynamic. And when you're making a show like this, you need that chemistry. Right. And uh, that's not, you know, I, I believe it's Dee Bradley Baker actually doing the voices for all those guys anyways, uh, which is which is quite funny because it's kind of like a one man show. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it is what it is. I mean, we're going to get a fantastic performance once again. Uh, are we going to see characters pop up again from the Clone Wars like Ahsoka Tano and and uh, Darth Maul? And uh, well, at this point, just Maul, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll get uh, more of uh, of uh, Obi-Wan uh, maybe and maybe a bit of um, a bit of Captain Rex at some point as well. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see. But uh, yeah, so excited to see what they do with the Bad Batch and maybe even how it ties into things like Jedi Fallen Order, the video game. Star Who Wars knows? Visions will be a series of animated short films celebrating the Star Wars galaxy through the lens of the world's best anime creators. This anthology collection will bring 10 fantastic visions from several of the leading Japanese anime studios, mm. offering a fresh and diverse cultural perspective 
to Star Wars. Any anime fans out there? You're getting 10 Bennett anime shorts. The galaxy's smoothest, most notorious scoundrel. And he'll return in a brand new event series for Disney+. Plus. Justin Simeon, creator of the critically right. acclaimed Orlando show, Dear White People, is developing the story with us now. A massive Star Wars fan himself, Justin has put together a reel to give you a sense of the style, tone, and irresistible swagger of our upcoming series, Lando. Take a look. All right. So that's once again for the investors to see. But uh, in the meantime, Lando and Star Wars Visions. All right. So uh, I don't. I have no idea what's going to involve Star Wars Lando. Uh, not too sure when that's even going to take place. Um, I, I I can only imagine that it's going to be with Donald Glover as uh, a young Lando that'll possibly take place playing off of the whole Lando uh, Chronicles or, or uh, uh, the Calrissian Chronicles is what he called it. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But that's just my raw guess is that we're going to get uh, some sort of some sort of solo ish kind of show that that fills in the gap for for young Lando. But, you know, it would be really, really cool if we did get a show that had D. Bradley Baker. Uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, Billy D. Williams uh, returning as as the classic, the classic character. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Well, hello there. Um, but, uh, you know what? Uh, as far as Star Wars visions go, any anime fans out there, you're getting 10 Star Wars anime style shorts, obviously all taking place in the Star Wars canon. Uh, there's a huge potential here to have some really cool visual aesthetic stuff, you know, uh, things that might take place in the High Republic or in the Old Republic, you know, very, uh, very interesting things. Uh, we can look forward to 10 authentic Japanese anime Star Wars shorts. Leslie Headland, Emmy nominated creator of the mind bending series Russian Doll, is a boldly innovative filmmaker bringing her new Star Wars series to Disney+. The Acolyte is a mystery thriller that will take us into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. All right, so this one really excites me. All right, so um, I'm just going to pause it there. Uh, this this show really really excites me because uh, it might not seem like much. All right, they did they do have title cards for all these. By the way, you can give them a Google search. Uh, the acolyte looks like it's been slashed by a lightsaber or some kind, but uh, very very cool because it is uh, it's supposed to be a mystery thriller. So you can imagine that's going to be a little creepy. And if you don't know what an acolyte is, uh, let's just let's just get the let's just get the dictionary uh, definition here. Uh, it's a person assisting the celebrant in a religious service or procession. So uh, in Star Wars, acolytes were uh, uh, there was various different kinds. I think in the Old Republic there was uh, Sith acolytes, which uh, were were basically like these. Um, I don't know. I mean, like uh, basically just Sith followers, but uh, uh, they, they more or less just like assisted uh, the, the Sith um, in in their 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 dues, I guess. Um, it was it was kind of like a I guess a rank. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was uh, it, that that's in, in Star Wars Expanded Universe. But um, in canon, the only acolytes that we've ever been been told about is the um, the acolytes of of the beyond which uh, were introduced in Chuck Wendig's aftermath trilogy which is uh, a set of three novels that take place immediately after return of the Jedi and uh, they kind of bridge the gap between episode six and one year later which is the epic conclusion to the Empire which is uh, the big battle that takes place at Jakku which then you see the the decimated wreckage on Jakku many years later in the force awakens but uh, the acolytes of the beyond were these people that kept on popping up on, in these in these interludes throughout the books, and they were trying to collect different Sith artifacts. And they were they're almost like uh, these these just like you could call them very like Star Wars emo people, uh, just very like dark and kind of uh, mysterious, and and uh, wanted to. They're all like mini Kylo Ren's, you know, they all wanted to be a Sith or something like that. So so that's that's what the Acolytes of the Beyond were. They're kind of these like Sith Palpatine worshippers. Uh, I think they also had a big thing for Darth Vader, too, naturally. 
But uh, yeah, it's interesting to see that this show is going to take place in the High Republic era. So the High Republic taking place about 200 years before The Phantom Menace. I believe it's that amount of time. Uh, we're already getting a bunch of comics, books and novels uh, launching in spring, uh, starting January, actually, in uh, 2021, which is going to build a foundation for, for that era. There was a VR game that launched recently called Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, which uh, it, the story of that of that game takes place in uh, in the time of the the Resistance and the New Republic and and the First Order and all that stuff. But there's a there's a uh, a bar like a cantina thing that you go into, and uh, I think it's Cecil Cecil Slack. He's he's the bartender there. If you collect enough ingredients to get the uh, to get a a drink going. You have to collect a certain amount of three different things. He blends up a drink for you. And when you take a sip, uh, he starts to tell you a story. And that story happens to take place on Batuu uh, in the time of the High Republic. And uh, it, it you then, as the player, become that the character that he's talking about, which is actually this Jedi Padawan who uh, ends up on Batuu with... Uh, um, this this issue. She can't remember what happened the last couple of days, whatever. And uh, Yoda shows up and uh, they have to take care of a, of an issue that's happening in the Jedi Temple on Batu. And uh, you're basically, it's very creepy. You're, you're fighting these like little demented monkeys that can't, can't run around. And and uh, yeah, it, honestly, I got, a, I got a few chills playing it myself and uh, it was very cool. But uh, that's the first kind of High Republic experience that I guess you can have at the moment. And it's uh, it, it was good. It was it was a pretty it was a pretty good story. Like I'm looking forward to the things that they set up. Uh, the the part that part of the game was a very short part of the game. I think the whole thing was maybe 20 minutes long. Uh, but uh, it was all about this uh, Sith artifact, which is causing chaos in the Jedi Temple there, and and you have to basically fix the problem with with Yoda, take out this this uh, Sith shrine thing uh, or this this artifact that they have going on. But uh, yeah, uh, so very cool that this show, I'm so excited to see what they do with the Acolyte because uh, there's a lot of mystery surrounding the entire reason for having an Acolyte. I mean, let's not forget, this is the days of the High Republic. The Sith Lords have not revealed themselves to the Jedi. You know, at, at least that's that's how Maul puts it in uh, The Phantom Menace. You know, at last we reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. You know, the Jedi do not know that the Sith exist for... Uh, about a thousand years, right? So this is in that time. This is this is 200 years before the Phantom Menace. The reason why it's called the High Republic is because the Jedi are at their peak. All right, this is before Palpatine. This is before all the the corruption in the Senate. Um, you know, it's it, there's still a lot of uh, a lot of peace in the galaxy, despite uh, some things that are obviously things to combat the Jedi, or we probably wouldn't be. You know, watching anything in the in the, in the High Republic era, obviously there are threats, but uh, the Sith are not one of them at the moment. They are in hiding, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what this acolyte is all about, and whether or not the acolyte will be the main character, or if we're going to have a protagonist which uh, is going to be investigating something of an acolyte or trying to track them down or whatever. There's so much to think about, but uh, let's get back into the into the live stream here. As we continue to develop news stories. The intersection of animation and visual effects offers new opportunities for us to explore. Lucasfilm Animation will be teaming up with our unparalleled visual effects team, ILM, to develop a special Star Wars adventure for Disney Plus, a droid story. This epic journey will introduce us to a new hero guided by our most iconic duo, R2-D2 and C-3PO, on a special mission known only to them. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> All right. Yeah. So they've somehow Outside. managed to find a way to bring Anthony Daniels back into this as well as uh, R2-D2. And uh, I'm assuming this is going to be uh, something of a of it's it's ILM plus plus Lucas animation. So I don't I don't exactly know if this is an animated project or if it's just a maybe a live action style CG project, perhaps like I have no idea. Um, it sounds very kind of glazed over as something that could be related to, I dare say, the holiday special, but it looks like it could be something of, you know, it's not a series, but it's not a full length 
Star Wars film, it seems to be kind of like it might be one of those things like it's a glorified TV episode, maybe an hour long that we're going to get a story happening there. So uh, I guess we'll have to see and we'll, we'll have to wait and see what that's all about. But, uh, you know, people who love C-3PO and R2-D2, I mean, this is kind of a dream come true for you guys. Uh, you know, I, I, of course, love the characters, but uh, never expected them to get their own sort of project, which is why I'm kind of thinking that it's probably going to be something along the lines of a holiday special. I know under the Marvel slate of projects, they did announce a Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy uh, holiday special which uh, is something that Kevin Feige said he'd already wanted to do. And Kevin Feige is a big Star Wars fan. So it makes me think maybe it was stylized after the Star Wars holiday special that that happened way back when. But uh, uh, yeah, anyway, just a fun relation there. But yeah, I think I think it's safe to say that this droid thing is uh, probably uh, going to be something of a glorified mini movie. The Star Wars galaxy, we're expanding Lucasfilm's presence on Disney Plus with another beloved mythological world created by George Lucas, Willow. This series will be set decades after Ron Howard's 1988 movie, continuing the spirit of adventure, heroics, and humor of the original film. We're delighted that Warwick Davis will be returning in the role of the great sorcerer, Willow Ufgood. We have a wonderful creative team at the helm, John Chu, director of the groundbreaking film Crazy Rich Asians, will be directing the pilot. Willow begins shooting next March in Wales and will debut on Disney Plus in 2022. Here's the team to share more. All right, so we go back to the uh, the waiting time here because, you know, investors, they get a peak that we don't. So let's just chat in the meantime. Uh, Willow, I, it's always been on my list, you know, it's always been on my list of things to watch. And uh, I'm fully aware that it's something that Lucasfilm had worked on and uh, kind of, I guess, vaguely involved George a little bit. But it was it was mostly Ron Howard's project from from what I recall. And uh yeah, it's it's nice to see that Warwick is is getting some work. I mean, you know, Warwick Davis for the longest time, who plays Wicket, the Ewok, uh, they've been throwing him little roles here and there throughout Star Wars, and uh, uh, I think he was most prominently featured in Solo as one of the the rebels that were part of the Enfys Nest gang. But uh, you know, he usually hosts uh, the stages at at Star Wars Celebration. And uh, he's always been a great host there, and he's always been a really th- enthusiastic about about Star Wars this entire time. And you know, it's nice to see that he's going to be able to go back to work, kind of thing. But uh, yeah, Willow, it's been on my list of things to watch. I'm gonna I'm gonna get around to that soon now because uh, obviously I'm gonna have to check out the show. Uh, but uh, yeah, fantasy setting, and uh, looking forward to seeing what they do with that once I once I actually uh, watch the film. But uh, there's a last bit of news here, which is very exciting stuff. And uh, they're finally going to talk to us a little bit about uh, the, the live action films, which are coming out soon as well. So let's, uh, let's tune back in here to the live stream and, and listen to this last chunk. We also have some news to share on our theatrical slate. We're in pre-production on the next and final installment of Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. We have James Mangold, director of the Academy Award-winning film Ford vs. Ferrari. And Logan. And of course, Indy himself, Harrison Ford, will be back to conclude this iconic character's journey. Indy will begin shooting late spring of 2021 and will be released in July of 2022. One more movie. It's taken them Our years to officially announce this, too. The story that will introduce a new hero and explore an original world that feels perfectly paired with Lucasfilm storytelling. We're proud to bring to the screen author Tomi Adeyemi's New York Times best-selling novel, Children of Blood and Bone. This story will center around a young African girl's heart-racing quest to restore magic to her forsaken people, the Magi. Tomi was recently included in the Time 100's list of most influential people of 2020. We're proud to be partnering with the 20th Century Studios on this coming of age adventure. Our Star Wars theatrical slate is pushing forward into a new future era. As we announced recently, 
We're currently developing a brand new Star Wars feature with acclaimed filmmaker Academy Award winner Taika Waititi. Taika's approach to Star Wars will be fresh, unexpected, and unique. His enormous talent and sense of humor will ensure that audiences are in for an unforgettable ride. He's currently hard at work writing this next adventure. Oh, Taika Waititi is a busy and guy. Close today. I couldn't be more excited that our next Star Wars feature film will be directed by Patty Jenkins. Patty, director of the Wonder Woman franchise, will bring her inspired vision to Rogue Squadron. This story will introduce a new generation of starfighter pilots as they earn their wings and risk their lives in a boundary-pushing high-speed thrill ride. The legend of Rogue Squadron has been long beloved by Star Wars fans and will move us into a future era of the galaxy. Rogue Squadron will be released in theaters Christmas of 2023. As you can see, this is a new era for Star Wars and Lucasfilm with expanded opportunities for continued innovation, high quality storytelling, All right. and cinematic experiences like never before. Yeah, so uh, we got one more clip to show at the end, which is uh, something I pulled off of the IGN YouTube, I believe, but uh, it's possible this could be launching on the official Star Wars one as well. It's the uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron uh, official teaser. And uh, there's no footage yet of the actual film itself. This is the one that Patty Jenkins is, is going to be directing. But that's exciting news to a lot of people because uh, Rogue Squadron goes back uh, quite far. I mean, that's that's something that the Kathleen Kennedy was just sharing there, that it's that it's a beloved title by by fans. And uh, the original Rogue Squadron, Star Wars Rogue Squadron was a I believe it was a 1998 arcade game and uh, launched on um, on uh, Nintendo. And I believe that might have been it. Uh, possibly, possibly computer, uh, PC that is, uh, but I'm not entirely sure. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's where the title comes from. And as far as just like the, the premise goes, Rogue Squadron's always been about X-Wings. It was always been about, um, a group of rebels and, and, uh, flying ships and a lot of dog fights and everything like that. So if you like Star, if that's one of your favorite parts of Star Wars, you're going to really enjoy this film because, uh, that's, that's the whole focus, right? And uh, there's there's been books and stuff out there in the past that have that have taken place. You know, there's an entire series of novels called uh, uh, called I think it was uh, the the X-Wing series or something. And uh, that went for quite a few, quite a few books. As far as I'm concerned, I never actually read any of them. Uh, weirdly enough, the ship stuff never really intrigued me all that much. Uh, you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan reading about just pilots and their, and their ships and everything. It was, was never my biggest highlight, but I know a lot of people do like it and, and I'm going to really enjoy this film when it comes out, I'm sure. So, uh, I'm looking forward to this and also being, you know, a full length feature film that's going to be launching in the cinema. Um, that's, that's really cool news as well as the fact that Taika Waititi is directing a movie as well. Now they, they hardly dropped any info on that one. But they just said, hey, this is what he's up to. And he's a busy guy. I mean, like, I don't know if you noticed, but he's also doing Thor Love and Thunder over on the, the Marvel Slater projects that they got. So that's in his pocket. And he's got, uh, I mean, a couple of recent things under his belt. He's been busy with The Mandalorian because he directed uh, some of those episodes on on season one. And I think he's taken care of possibly one on season two or something uh, at one point. Uh, I don't know if he's involved with season three, but I mean, that guy is in high demand these days. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see uh, we'll see him uh, pull off something really cool for, for the Star Wars galaxy. And I think it needs his touch in some areas that uh, could use some some genuine humor as opposed to uh, just kind of like the cheesy classic slapstick. I mean, not that I hate on Star Wars, Star Wars humor at all, but uh but I mean, it, it's just nice to get a different creative take once in a while. And uh, Taika Waititi's, uh, he's, he's an awesome director. He's got some great projects under his belt. So looking forward to that. So let's check out the, the Rogue Squadron teaser here. This one you can also look up on YouTube. I love to move fast and speed of any kind. I think that that's because I grew up the daughter of a great fighter pilot. And every day I would 
wake up and go outside and look up, see my father and his squadron taking off and their F4s. This is Patty Jenkins here. the sky and it was the most thrilling thing still I've experienced in my entire life. So when he lost his life in service to this country, I, it ignited a desire to, in me to turn all of that tragedy and thrill into one day making the greatest fighter pilot movie of all time. But try as I might and look as I did, I couldn't find the right story ever. I kept looking and looking, but I just couldn't find the right one until now. Now I found a movie about two things I love. So I'm gonna see you very soon. All right, and she's walking towards the next wing. Got the suit on and the helmet on. All right, that's awesome. All right, so Patty Jenkins, the director of this film, that was her talking. Uh, a bit of an emotional sort of story there behind uh, part of the reason why I think she was chosen to do this film. So I am super excited to see that. Any Wonder Woman fans out there, you're going to love it. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in to the show. And before you go real quick, uh, you know, hopefully you enjoyed this, uh, this, this emergency episode catching you up on, on the Star Wars news because uh, this particular Disney event uh, did a lot more than just you know, launch all the Star Wars titles. They did a lot of Marvel stuff and, and a lot of Disney animated stuff. And beyond that, there was even more. So uh, if you do want the details of those, you can always look those up online. But right here at Star Wars Escape Pod, being a Star Wars focused podcast, uh, of course, we just covered the Star Wars stuff, but we do it 100%. So, you know, you, you didn't miss out on anything if you listen to the full track here. But uh, speaking of emergency episodes, uh, if you haven't checked out our very first episode of uh, Star Wars Lightspeed, which is kind of an express sort of newsflash style episode, the idea behind it is to give you headlines and details in under 15 minutes, all right? Uh, 15 being 1-5, yeah, that's right. Very short episode. It's designed for those short commutes. So, uh, you know, that way, if you're behind on the Star Wars news, the idea is that we pump one of those out each week and that, uh, you know, it might, it's not a YouTube series or a YouTube video you keep having to tune into. It's just something you can listen to on the go. And uh, if they do well, after three of them, we'll see we'll see and evaluate how many people are getting tuning into those and uh, keep doing them based on uh, whether or not they did well. But uh, in the meantime, if you can share this show with a friend and, uh, you know, post it on social media, let everybody know you listen to Star Wars Escape Pod and uh, feel free to contact us at our email, Twitter, and uh, like our Facebook page. It's all in the description below. We'll see you guys next time for the second last episode after show for Mandalorian Season 2. May the Force be with you and we'll catch you then.